Hi, I'm Kensley. And I'm Alyssa. And before we even start off this case, we just want to say a huge thank, thank you, you to everyone who's listening to us because we finally reached 100 separate listeners. And that is pretty, that's pretty huge. awesome for us. If so. you think about 100 people in a room right now with us, that's like... That's a lot of people. That's more people than I personally know, I think. So, <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of social, but <laughs> But yeah, that is a lot of people. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's really But we just wanted to say thank you for listening and we hope you continue listening. We have exciting things coming in the future, so we'll keep you updated on that as well. Yeah, come along on this ride with us. <laughs> but anyways, today's case is one that is still ongoing. This case also took place where we live, which is Colorado Springs. Yep. This is the horrific story of a young boy who met a tragic fate at the hands of someone he trusted. You're listening to The Ugly Truth, and this is the ongoing case, Letitia Stout. On January 27, 2020, the city of Colorado Springs was hit with fear when 11-year-old Gannon Stouck went missing. This was roughly six weeks before the COVID pandemic swept across the nation. Wow. Gannon's family moved to Colorado at the end of 2018. They lived in the Lorson Ranch neighborhood on the southeast side of the city. This was a neighborhood with hardly any crime of any kind. It was a neighborhood full of military officers due to its proximity to three major military bases in town. Gannon was first reported as a runaway by his stepmother, Letitia Stouck. But 24 hours later, police changed the status to missing an endangered child. The FBI joined both the CSPD, El Paso County Sheriff's Office, and El Paso County Search and Rescue on the investigation. And I actually contacted the sheriff's office and the search and rescue department trying to get some input on the case but since it is still ongoing they said they could not release information at this moment but i did look into how a search and rescue operation goes in the springs basically it's entirely volunteer based so they get as many people as they can to sign up and they just give them areas to search and for this specific case there were over 300 volunteers that helped search for the boy wow they searched in mountain areas and reservoirs near the Stauk home. Gannon was a fifth grader at the Grand Mountain School, and in support of the search for him, his classmates and teachers wore his favorite color blue. Community members in Southeast Colorado Springs also changed their outdoor light bulbs to blue to help Gannon find his way home. Hmm. I remember this so vividly. I know, it doesn't seem like that long ago. I remember, like, there was blue everywhere like even down here in the springs yeah. there was blue everywhere because that's not relatively near where we are right but there was just so much blue everywhere and then everywhere you'd see on your feed facebook instagram everything was just all about helping him get home and we were all just yeah. like 
worried about this kid and I remember because I've been a crime junkie my like my whole life yeah I remember my mom and I talking about it of like if he's been gone like as long as he was gone it probably isn't a good sign yeah and like that was before we knew anything about this case mm-hmm. so it's just so sad yeah and it's just so heartbreaking like the fact that this happened and I feel like the case almost got like swept under the rug because of COVID happening right right after it. So it was like huge deal, huge deal. And then like less and less of it was heard about, which is kind of sad. And it's kind of why I wanted to cover this case today and kind of bring back some stuff on this case because it's so tragic and it needs to be heard. Right, I agree. Um, And the the Stouks were members at Restoration Church and Mm -hmm. that church held a vigil for Gannon less than 48 hours after he was reported missing. But unfortunately, Gannon would never return home alive. On March 3rd, 2020, Letitia Stouck was arrested in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina on first degree murder charges. Mm. She had fled to South Carolina in the weeks following Gannon's disappearance before she faced being extradited back to Colorado. On March 18th, in Pace, Florida, some state construction workers found the beaten, bludgeoned, stabbed, and shot body of a young boy stuffed in a suitcase. Oh my gosh. Due to how unrecognizable the body was, he was identified through dental records, and even from 1,400 miles away from home, the boy was identified as 11-year-old Gannon Stouck. Due to the discovery of the body and overwhelming evidence, Letitia Stouck was arrested. Before she was arrested, she participated in press conferences begging for her son's safe return. And on a later interview for KKTV, Letitia shifted and made it primarily about herself, claiming that those who were placing blame on her had it coming for them and were completely incorrect. She also spent much of the interview bashing Gannon's biological mother. Oh, I remember that so vividly. Oh my gosh. This woman makes me so mad. I know. It's like the urge is seriously unreal. Oh my gosh. And here's the question that everyone had. What would lead a stepmother to brutally murder a child she claimed to love? Hmm. So now we'll kind of dive into the background, see if we can figure out why. So, Gannon Stauk was born September 29th, 2008, in South Carolina. He was the oldest and only child of Al Stauk and Landon Hoyt. Gannon was born three months premature, weighing less than two pounds at birth. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He was given a 10% chance of survival, and his parents were told if he did survive, he would experience severe mental and physical challenges. But instead, Gannon thrived. He was part of the Gifted and Talented program, and he participated in several sports. Gannon's parents had their second child, a daughter named Lena, in 2012. Lena idolized Gannon and called him Bubba. His family also called him G-Man. Oh my gosh. I know, so sad. Oh my gosh. After Al and Landon split, they shared custody of the children until Landon remarried. She stayed in South Carolina, and Al moved with the kids for his National Guard duty. He too got remarried to Letitia in 2015. They moved to Alaska, back to South Carolina, and then to Colorado Springs. Al was frequently out of town for training for the National Guard. So Letitia was often alone with Gannon, Lena, 
and her 17-year-old Harley from a previous marriage. Letitia went to Liberty University, a Christian college in Virginia. She received a doctorate of education before she married Al in 2015. She had already racked up a list of charges before she got married. Oh my god. Such as domestic violence, battery, and theft. And you choose to marry this woman. I know. I'm sorry. What? And after moving to Colorado, she updated her Facebook status saying that she was working as some sort of resource position in District 49. But Hmm. they later came out saying that they have no record of her ever having any sort of employment with them. So most likely she was just making up that she got this job. Wow. I don't know. Yeah. And she got a job at French elementary school, but was only employed there for a semester before being terminated. Letitia clearly had some issues, but due to the fact that she had lived with Gannon for four years, she wasn't initially a suspect after the 911 call. This is just absurd. Like, ugh. Yeah. Any trust issues, that's for sure. It's it's rough for sure. But flashing forward again to January 27th, 2020, Letitia called Gannon's school, telling them that he would be staying home due to a tummy ache. And the last known sighting of Gannon occurred at 10.13 a.m. on January 27th, 2020. He was captured by a neighbor's front door video surveillance, slowly climbing into the back of Letitia's Volkswagen. Letitia returned home at 2.19 p.m., but Gannon does not show up on this later footage. Oh my gosh. It's so sad and scary. What in the world? Within 24 hours of the first 911 call, Letitia's story wasn't adding up. Oh, this part. Within 24 hours and they still let her go in the press conference? Yeah, literally. Oh, She initially told detectives that Gannon had walked to a friend's house at 3.15 but hadn't returned. And they asked her simple details like, what's the address and phone number or the friend's name even, and she couldn't answer. Oh. Dude, she should have been arrested immediately. She should not have been able to do these press conferences or just walk free at all. She should have just been arrested. I know, it's kind of crazy. But then her next story was... There was a neighborhood construction worker named Eduardo who had broken into the house, raped her, and kidnapped Gannon. And after she refused to press charges or get a rape kit done, she changed her story again. Oh my gosh, you guys can't can't see it, but I just rolled my eyes so hard. <laughs> That's so stupid. Oh my I gosh. Know, Obviously they would have to do a rape kit to prove that he did it, you stupid. Yeah, to get actual DNA. <laughs> but... What in the world? Yeah. Oh So then, this is her final story that she changes it to. She said, She was watching Gannon ride his bike when he fell off and hit his head. Two men, two men came out of nowhere and kidnapped him. (laughs) That's the story. I'm sorry. What do you say, like, when you're changing your story? Like, oh, sorry. That's the wrong kid. Um, So what I meant to say was that. (laughs) So I I didn't mean the rape part. That was just an accident. I didn't mean to say that. Like, how do you, how do you accidentally mess up your story three times? Like, this is just so, it proves to me you're guilty. And also, like, if he was kidnapped by two random men on the street and she watched it happen. And you did nothing? (laughs) Like, yeah, I feel like the 911 call would have been made a lot earlier than when it was, so. Right. Doesn't make sense. I don't know. But Al, the husband, began to doubt his wife with all these stories and he filed for divorce. (gasps) 
When Letitia realized police considered her a person of interest, she fled Colorado and drove back to South Carolina. So back to the actual, like, arrest, because I mentioned she was arrested. About a month after the arrest, her affidavit leaked on social media, and it was 32 pages long, full of concrete and circumstantial evidence pointing toward her guilt. Oh, 32? <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who don't know what an affidavit is, it's basically a written statement by law officers of any sort of evidence that they have against Letitia. And when you sign an affidavit, you're saying, this is 100% true to the best of my knowledge. And it's basically swearing by oath that everything in it is true. Right. I feel like, I don't even, I don't know what the average length of an affidavit is, but I don't, don't think, think 32, 32 is average. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. And so here's some of the evidence that kind of leaked. Um, they looked at a recent set of Google searches from her. And they revealed searches for apartments, jobs, and dating sites in the Pensacola, Florida area. Pensacola is 20 miles away from the Pace, Florida location of where Gannon's body was found. Particularly damning searches were, why shouldn't my husband choose me over his family? And I'm overdoing everything for my stepkids. The affidavit reveals Letitia tried to purchase a polygraph test from fakepolygraph.com. Oh. <laughs> she's, just trying to fake, she's trying to fake a lie detector test. This is hilarious. Letitia also searched for the 105 Perry Park intersection in Palmer Lake, Colorado, where traces of Gannon's blood and DNA were later found on a piece of particle board. Police believe that Gannon's body was first dumped in Palmer Lake and then moved. And GPS trackers did put her in Palmer Lake on February 2nd, when she might have dumped Gannon's body. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This woman is disgusting. Like, I, I just know. can't, I can't even think of actual words to describe her other than just disgusting. Right. She's so upsetting. Yeah. It's, it's so terrible. And police searched Gannon's room and were horrified after seeing blood splatter on the walls and a huge blood stain in the middle of the carpet that had seeped through, seeped through and stained the concrete underneath. Oh my gosh. This is so sad. 11 years old. I know. Like, I know. What in the world leads you to think that this is a rational, like just get a divorce. Yeah. What in the yeah. world makes this rationalized in your brain? Yeah. And I think like what's even more sad about like reading through that is it already talked about the fact that he climbed into her car and he wasn't dead when he climbed into her car. Like we saw him climb into the car. Right. So he must've been like pretty badly beaten in the house. And then she was like, we need to go somewhere because it said that he like slowly crawled into the car. Like it wasn't like he just hopped in. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And reminder, she was arrested in South Carolina and had to get extradited back to Colorado in a police van. So she was transported in a police van. And once they reached Texas, somehow she managed to slip out of her cuffs and attack the sheriff's deputy. That deputy had to be treated overnight at a hospital. Do we have pictures of this woman? I want to see if she's like massive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, she's not. She's just a good fighter then. She's, 
She's scary looking, like, in her eyes. Oh, gross. You can just gross. see it. It's like that, what is that guy's name? Um, he murdered his wife and his son recently. Uh, yeah, yeah, Alex yeah. Alex Murdoch. Murdoch. Oh, he is terrifying. He's a very scary mm-hmm. man. We could cover that case, too, because that one is crazy. crazy. Here, this is what it's she so looks scary. like. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she's not, like, big by any means, but, like, scary. Oh, she just yeah. looks she's like got a scary face. She kind of just looks evil, in my opinion. Yeah, jeez. Ugh, how in the world is she that strong? I don't know, but somehow she was successfully brought back to Colorado, where she awaited a trial. And the trial is currently going on. It has just started. They just finished week one. I think right now is day eight of the trial. So right. just finished week one. So I'll dive in a little bit to the trial, but there's not much really going on in this first week um and since it is currently happening i won't go too into detail because there's a whole live stream of it right but before trial can begin leticia had to be given a psychological evaluation as with everyone the evaluation confirmed that she was mentally fit to stand trial and here's something that's kind of crazy she asked the judge if she could represent herself in court (gasps) and the judge agreed stupid Oh my god! And what comes to my mind is Ted Bundy. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because Ted Bundy did the same thing. He was like, I don't need a lawyer. I don't need a lawyer. I'll represent myself. You went to prison, so. Yeah. (laughs) Clearly that worked out well for him. So just her um, (laughs) representing herself. And she was appointed public defenders, obviously. um, And they were there, basically, in case she just needed to, like, wave the white flag and say, I need someone else to try and cover for me. Yeah, and so initially she had entered with a guilty plea, but changed it by like by herself. She changed it and said it was not guilty by reason of insanity, claiming that she had a snap before killing her stepson. And her legal team has claimed maybe she has disassociative identity disorder, so a personality disorder where she can't remember killing her stepson because it was a different personality. Then they said that she was healing from trauma and abuse that had been happening since she was a toddler. Which, like, doesn't just Yeah. There's a lot of people that have been through a lot of heavy stuff and don't want to murder going their stepchildren. Killing. Yeah, you know. There's yeah. something called therapy. It's a, it's a great good, thing. It's a great resource instead of killing the people that you love. Right. And the prosecution responded, saying that she knew what she was doing, which is why she tried to cover her tracks. Yeah, she lied three different times about different stories. Clearly she knew. You know you're guilty when you're doing that. And they said, quote, All of her actions were purposefully designed by her to distance herself from what she did, end quote. Yeah. Because she probably feels guilty, but she also not guilty enough to plead guilty to what you actually did. Yeah, and I actually watched um, some of these next people that take the stands um, against her. I watched some of these clips, and it is just absolutely heart-wrenching. But her now ex-husband, so Gannon's dad, Al, took the stand week one of the trial, and he was asked to identify a photo of his son, and he just said, quote, that's my boy. It is so sad, like... And a phone call between both Letitia and Al was played for the courtroom, where Al asked multiple times if she had killed his son. What did she say? 
she just kept denying. Like, literally over and over, denied, 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 denied. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is so sad. Because mm-hmm. he knows. He knows she did it. Yeah. You ha- If you're asking that many times, you have to know. Like, you're just waiting for that clarity. It's like, probably, yeah, it probably yes. just helps him heal because then mm-hmm. he can he can move on from it. But right. I doubt he's ever going to get that yeah. justification for him. It's so sad. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> and then most recently, Letitia's brother, his name's Dakota Lowry. He also just recently took the stand. He reminisced on an interaction he had with Letitia in February 2020, which is when wow. Gannon was killed. And she had a large suitcase with her. And he offered to help her lift it, but she declined the help. And when he asked her what was in it, she said it was softball stuff. Oh my gosh. Lowry and the rest of Letitia's family all went to Colorado to support her after Gannon went missing. That's so And he sad. claimed that they believed she was being wrongfully accused. So like, you know, it's oh, her family. Could you imagine your sibling? Like you... Obviously, you want to believe the best in your sibling, but then it comes out that they've been doing, that they did this. Like, oh, it's so terrible. Oh, my gosh. And then, so he mentioned how he felt she was being wrongfully accused back then. Prosecution just asked him now how he felt. And he said, quote, when everything first happened, when we found out they found the little boy's body, we found out where he was found. At that point, I knew she did it. Wow. Because when I had seen that suitcase and asked her about it, she was acting funny to me. And yeah, I thought she might have snapped, went crazy. But now, no. No. I just feel like too much got done for her to be saying that now. End quote. Oh my gosh, that's from her brother? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it even says in like some of my sources that she just sat there like stoic like she wouldn't make any sort of expression to him like just completely like dead faced when he went and took the stand and that just makes me so mad like uh i just want her to feel something how do you you not how do you not feel when your brother is pouring his heart out about what a terrible person you are yeah yeah and then i (sighs) knew you did it like there's no way clearly there's something mentally going on there but Mm -hmm. i just it's not a valid excuse for me to think that you can get out of serving it like what you deserve, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's it's terrible. So her whole family believes she's guilty. I very well believe she's guilty. Oh, yeah. I really hope the jury finds her guilty. I don't know how you can't at this point. Like, I feel like we all know that she did it. Right. Um, Jeez. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I genuinely couldn't understand how you would not look at this and think... She did it because, like, why else would she flee the, the state? Like, yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, she would either be really stupid and not understand how guilty that makes her look, or she did it because there's right. no evidence proving anything else. There's no way she didn't do it, in my opinion. Like, the suitcase, like, that he was found in, that's the one that she was carrying around. The brother was like, Do you need help with that? She said, No, right? Like, that it all points <laughs> to her. Every yeah. every ounce of it points to mm-hmm. her. Especially yeah. when you can't even keep a story straight, you know? That's right. like screams guilty. Yeah. If the jury says that she's not guilty, there's something really messed up going on here. Yeah. That's um, scary. That's yeah. scary. That's a scary thought. Like if they mm-hmm. if they do say that, then this is there's corruption or something going on here. Yeah. Because there's so much evidence pointing towards her. Her mm-hmm. own brother thinks yeah. she did it. 
So clearly, yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. that it wouldn't be her. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like, I just think of all the people I know that have, like, great step-parents, like, and how much they love them and the thought of, like, this lady who claimed to love her stepson just, like, took it all away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, like, a cautionary tale of, like, maybe, like, you don't know people truly. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Letitia Stouck took the life of a kind, outgoing, funny, beautiful 11-year-old boy, and due to her hand, two parents no longer have their son, schoolmates no longer have a friend, teachers no longer have a student, and a family is left with a gaping hole, all because of a single act done by a single person. So many lives will never be the same. Yeah. Sorry, I know it's like a heavy case, guys, yeah, but and I think it just makes it heavier knowing that it's still ongoing and like it's still up in the air. I don't know. I know I know it's going to be a guilty verdict because there's no way it won't be, but the fact right. that it's still ongoing to this day is just crazy to me. Yeah, I agree. It should have been one and done. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> wow. But as always, thank you guys for listening. Yep. Um, we have our Instagram now. So if you want to follow us, yes. it's pod.theuglytruth. And then our email is the same thing. It's pod.theuglytruth at gmail.com. If you have any case recommendations or any input on this case, we appreciate you guys listening. And we're excited for what this podcast has in store. Yes. And that was The Ugly Truth on the case of Letitia and Gannon Stout. Thanks for listening. Bye!